Good morning. How are you? Uh, I want to uh, going to continue uh, uh, sermon series that we've done about amazing stories and and really just looking at some of the some of the stories in the Bible. Not all of them because there's there's a lot of them that fall into this category, I believe. But some of those stories in the Bible, when you read them, you just kind of shake your head and say, "What? <laughs> what did it, did it say that? Does it? What does that mean? That's, that's kind of man. That's kind of strange, or that's." That's kind of amazing that something like that would be in the Bible. So, as we always do, I want to encourage you, if you are not reading your Bible on a regular basis, you need to be doing that, Old Testament, New Testament. If you want to especially come across some funny, weird kind of stuff, read through the Old Testament. It's hilarious, the stuff that's in there. So, you just, just if you haven't been reading, just, just read if. You want to hear some uh, some stories that are just awesome and, and really be able to relate. Like, that kind of stuff happened way back then. That, that stuff's happening now. So I want to encourage you to do that. But I'm, uh, I'm continuing uh, today uh, with a story that you may or may not be uh, familiar with that um, has to do with a donkey and a donkey talking. And so, you know, they get all the other stuff. I get the donkey. Uh, so... <laughs> And I've gone back and forth of how I should refer to this animal. Should he be a donkey? Or should I call him other things? I'm going to call him a donkey, okay? Because <laughs> I'm just going to do that. But uh, if you will, if you'll look in the book of Numbers, that's in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, in your Bible, in chapter 22, I'm going to, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to read these first 35 verses, and I want you to follow along. I could tell you the story, I could try and tell you what happened or whatever, but the Bible is just pretty clear, so I think I'll just read it, and uh, so we can hear the story, you can, you can hear the story if you're not familiar with it, and then I want to, uh, to talk with you about some things. So uh, look along with me, we're in chapter 22, I'm going to read verses 1 through 25. Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites in Moab, was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at the time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor, who was at Pethor near the river in his native land, Balak said, A people has come out of Egypt, they cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now come and put your curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the country. For I know that those you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed. The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee of divination. When they came to Balaam, they told him what Balak had said. Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will go and I will bring back you the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite princes stayed with him. 
God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps I'll be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not curse, put a curse on those people because they are blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak's princesses, Go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the Moabite princess returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak sent other princes, more numerous and more distinguished than the first. They came to Balaam and said, This is what Balak, son of the poor, says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam answered, Even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now stay here tonight, as the others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. That night, God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead, and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat her with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from, these, from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back 
The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Now, talk about an amazing, unusual story. There, there, are, there are a few things in here that are just kind of amazing to me. One of them is, the people that were being asked to curse were the Israelites. These were God's chosen people. So it is ironic to me that you have this person who is going to God to ask if he can curse his children. I mean, that would be like me coming up to you if you have children and saying, would you mind if I punch your child in the mouth? Would that be okay? I mean, somebody wants me to do it, and they're going to pay me to do it because your child's just kind of really getting on their nerves, and they want me to come and punch your child in the mouth for them. Would that be okay? I'm just seeking your advice. Isn't that kind of weird? That, you know, God should just, you know, took care of him. You would think he's asking, for God, uh, please let me curse your children, God's chosen people. So that's just kind of strange to start off with. And obviously, you know, the donkey talking, okay? I know, how many, we've seen Shrek, right? You know, maybe you can read through that, and when you hear the donkey talking, you hear Eddie Murphy. I don't know. And, and maybe you can read through that and say, that's not that big of a deal. You know, uh, donkeys talk all the time in the movies. But a donkey talking is just kind of strange, isn't it? And then the stranger thing in all of that is when the donkey talks to uh, Balaam, he doesn't say, who said that? He doesn't say, oh my gosh, my donkey's talking. He just carries on a conversation like it was normal. The donkey should be talking. I'm like, I don't know. He did a lot of uh, divination and curses and stuff, and I don't know if it involved certain herbs and things, maybe to go along with that, because I don't know what was going on with him, but it never fazed him. He just kept on going. So kind of strange. So there are a lot of strange things, I think, that have gone on here, uh, but I want to uh, I want to make a point to you today. If you got your little uh, worship guide, there's a section on there for notes, and I want you to write this down because this is kind of the this is kind of the point of, of what I want you to think about. So I want you to write this down at the top of your page, and then you can jot down ideas and things that kind of uh, fall into that as we go along. But here's the thing that I, that I want you to to think about today: direction without discernment leads to disaster. Just write that down across the top of your page. Direction without discernment leads to disaster. All right, you can jot that down. So, so here are the things that, that I want us to look at. One, uh, Balaam, and I've called him Balaam, and I've called him Balaam, so, and I may switch back and forth just depending on, so it's the same person. I just want you to know. Um, he, he earnestly is, appears to be seeking God's direction, doesn't he? I mean, if we look back in, in verse 8, chapter 22, we look back in verse 8, and he tells the people who have come to ask him about cursing the Israelites, he says in verse 8, Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will bring you back the answer, who? The who gives me. I'll give you back the answer the Lord gives me. So there's this, there's this idea that, okay, hey, you have a question you're wanting me to do something, let me go talk to God about this and I'll get back with you on it, okay? Now, that's, that's kind of a, a good thing, we would think. He's seeking God's direction. If you look down just a couple of verses in verse 10.
Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. And then he goes on to tell him what the message. Your people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I'll be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. So here he, he goes and he asks for direction. God says, you're not going to go with them. He tells the people, uh, let me ask again, you know. <laughs> let me ask again. Let me see what God wants. So he's seeking God's direction. Then look in verse 19 and 20. First time God says, don't go. Then verse 19 and 20. Here he says, now stay here tonight as the others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. That night God came to Balaam and said, since these men have come to summon you, go with them. And read this next phrase with me. But do only what I tell you. Okay, so verse 8, let me, let me go talk to God and see what's going on. I'll give you an answer. The answer is, I'm not going with you. God says, no, I, re- I really want to seek God. And then he comes back, and they send more important people, and, and he says, hey, I can't do anything other than what God says, uh, but let me go ask and see if he's got something else to tell me. So he goes back, and then God's answer is, you know, I don't want to do that. And then finally, then he says, go. Okay, so that's kind of confusing a little bit, isn't it? You know, no, you're not going to go. Okay, well, you might as well go. And then he gets into all this. God's angry with him and the angels come. But here's the thing. He is earnestly, it appears, to be seeking God's direction. He, he, uh, he sought out what he thought God wanted in this situation. I think, hopefully, like us, if, if there's a situation going on in your life, something that, that you need direction for, maybe it's an opportunity for something, maybe it's, something that you just don't know about and and instead of us just making a decision on our own we say you don't need to pray about that we say that a lot don't we hey i need to pray about that and so we're going to seek god so so he was he was seeking god's direction i think no, no doubt there but here's the here's the problem i think is that he lacked discernment he lacked discernment god's discernment discernment basically means this it's kind of going past the mere perception of something it's looking a little farther beyond what is obviously presented and being able to determine maybe what is behind what is being presented in uh in this situation or i think when we're dealing with god it's more than just what is the answer that god has given us but maybe being able to discern uh why has god given us this answer and what does god have in mind as we go along in this direction that god wants us to so he was missing that. And the, the reason uh, that I know that is because of what the Scripture uh, has told us. He just totally missed the obvious. The direction was simple. What was the direction? He was going to wherever Block was, right? I mean, that's the direction. He knew how to get there. He knew what was going on. That was, that was pretty simple. But he lacked the discernment to see what was going on behind that and what God wanted. So um, here are some things I think that we can that you may jot down. You may have some things in your own life as as we talk about this that, that you may be able to write down. What hindered uh, Balaam from having the ability to discern what God was doing? I mean, isn't that something that that we that we desire as believers? I'd say um, you probably wouldn't say no. I don't desire to know what God's 
uh, doing or what God wants to do. I'd say you probably wouldn't say that, but isn't that our desire to say we do want to know that we want to discern what God wants? We want to we want to be in His will. We want to know what He wants for our life. Why why could He not see this? I mean, He was seeking God. He was asking God. He was doing the things that we would think would be the right things to do, but yet He still missed the boat. So here's some things I think uh, that uh, contributed to him being so blind to what was going on. Now, you don't have to turn there, but you can jot it down. And I'm going to, all the way over uh, to the book of Jude. It's the book before the last book of Revelation. Jude, and there are other scriptures that reference this story, but Jude, uh, verse 11, tells us a little bit about the insight of what was going on. He says, Woe to them, they have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error, they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Rushed into profit, which tells me that one of the things, according to the scripture and what was going on there, is that uh, Balaam had a selfish motive in mind. That was one of the things that blinded him. That was one of the things that helped him not be able to discern what God wanted. He had, it was selfish gain. Now it could have been uh, it could have been selfishly that uh, for the money. I mean, according to the, to that, Block was saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to give you, you. You just don't know the money that I can give you. You don't know all the things that I can give you. So maybe uh, it was a selfish game that he. Okay, I got the direction. Let me get down there because I'm I'm fixing to get a big paycheck. Maybe it was it was motivated by money. It may have been motivated by fame. It may have been motivated just." for the sheer applause of men, for people to be able to stand around and say, oh, look at Malam, he's so great. And even before, they said, we know if you bless people, they're blessed, and if you curse people, they're cursed. So he's kind of had this reputation of, hey, if you want something done, go to Balaam, because when he says it, it's going to happen. Which is ironic also because we see that God says, you're not going to curse these people because they're, they're, they're blessed. So the irony is, it's not who Balaam blessed was blessed and cursed. It was what God said that mattered, right? God already knew these were a blessed people. So maybe it was selfishly motivated. And I think uh, that, that contributes to us not being able to tune into what God wants. You may identify that with your own self. And, you, and um, you can realize that you have some selfish tendencies or you have some things that are going on that you know are selfish. And that blinds us from really being able to see what God wants us to see because we're so internally focused on what's going on. And if you haven't turned, uh, look back in Numbers chapter 22, verse uh, 29. The other thing I think that blinded him was pride. When we we look at at what happens there, and he says, uh, the the donkey says, you know, what's going on or whatever. Blom answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. So here was this idea of, you know, I'm on the way. I'm the big dog. prophet the seer i'm going to come and and i've got god's permission and i'm going down this road and everybody's going to see how great i am and i'm going to pronounce uh to do whatever god wants me to do supposedly uh but you've made me to look like a fool so there was pride there he had a couple of people traveling with him so you know you made me look like a fool in front of these people who are these people going to think i am if i can't even control this donkey i mean you know you're not the one supposed to be in charge i'm the one in charge so I definitely think that there were pride issues involved. So the selfish gain and the pride, okay? Now, now listen, this, this I think, uh, probably hits us closer to home than we would all want to admit. 
But Balaam had gotten so caught up in what he was doing in the direction that he was going that he did not continue to seek God. He got so caught up in the direction that he was going that he did not stay with God and walk with God to be able to obtain discernment with God. He just took off. He had the direction. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? You, you seek after God. Uh, maybe there's immediate need in your life. Something happens. There's some kind of trauma. There's some kind of emergency. There's some kind of big something that happens. And all of a sudden, you may not have prayed for years, but all of a sudden, oh, uh, God, you got to help me. God, I need your direction. God, please show me what to do. God, please. And, and we get in this mode of, well, God, I just want to know what you want, and please make this work out. And we, we pray to God to help. We're seeking for direction. And then what happens a lot of times is we get the answer from God. And it's, if it's something that kind of makes the immediacy of the problem go away or things get a little bit better, we feel like, okay, we got God's answer. Then we take off blindly and we leave God behind because, you know, I'm good, God. I got it. I, I, I can take it from here. I can, handle, I can handle it from here. I've got it on my own. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? Yeah. And that's the same thing, I think, that was going on with Balaam. He, I need direction. God, I need direction. I need direction. Okay, here's your direction. All right, go. All right, I know how to get from point A to point B. I don't need you, Lord. I'll be all right. I can make it. I got my donkey. We're going to take off. And he, I, he just completely left God out of the picture after he had the direction. And because of that, he had no discernment with what was going on. Maybe you've been there when you've... Uh, you prayed about a job. Maybe you lost a job just unexpectedly. Somebody comes into your work and they tell you, we don't need you anymore today. And it just throws you for a tizzy and all of a sudden it's, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? God, you got to help me. God, you got to provide for my family. Lord, I, I just don't know how we're going to make it. And you get all, all serious about God. I mean, you know, you pull out the Bible and blow the dust off of it and start looking for scriptures about giving you a job. <laughs> Right? You just, you just, you're, you're tuned in. There's this need that happens. You need direction. And all of a sudden, oh God, I need some direction. And maybe, maybe, maybe God answers you very quickly and provides you that direction and gives you a job the next week. And you get to work and all of a sudden you've forgotten that God has provided you for that job and you check out and you've got the direction, but now you're just going to do this on your own. You forget. People ask you about, how'd you get this job? And you make up some big story about how important and impressive you are when you interviewed, and that's why you got the job, other than God gave that to you, right? So we just have a tendency to, to leave God out. Maybe you lost your job, and you still don't have a job. And for those first couple of months, you were intent about praying and reading Scripture and asking people to pray for you, and you're doing everything you can, and you're seeking God's direction, and God just haven't, hasn't given you what you think that he should, so you've just checked out on him because you figured he just, he's not there. He's not going to give you a job. So you've left him. Just don't need to know about it. You're not, you're not there. I think we do that in a lot of different ways. It's a, maybe it's a relationship. Oh, God, this relationship is so messed up. I need direction. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And God provides an answer for you to do something with that relationship, and the edge is taken off a little bit, and things get a little bit better. Then all of a sudden... You don't need to pray about the relationship anymore. You've got the direction. Things are fine. You don't need any discernment along the way. Everything will be all right. 
until you mess it up again, and then it's, oh, God, what am I going to do about this relationship? Sometimes, sometimes I think God, uh, I know he's not like us, but, you know, I'm just a human, so I have a tendency to think that way. But, you know, I just think sometimes we, we keep coming back to God with the same stuff. You know, oh, God, what am I going to do? And God says, do this. And you say, okay, I got it. No problem. I got it. And you take off and you don't ever ask again. You think you know the answer. And then we, we mess it up royally. And then we come back and, oh, God, what am I going to do? And it's like God just says, uh, hey, you remember last time when I told you to do this? Why don't we go back and why don't you do this? You know, and so I think we, we can identify with what's going on here. Although you've not ever physically been talking uh, a donkey, it maybe has never talked to you. Maybe you feel like you've got plenty of people at work who are donkeys. Who are talking to you. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's ironic that God used a donkey to talk to a donkey. <laughs> so I, we, I think we can identify here. We can say, oh, shame on him. He's so stupid. I, boy, if I could just have God tell me exactly what to do that would be awesome that just never happened you know and i think i think that we've been there we we've sought god for his direction and we feel like at times we know what he, what he wants us to do and then we just take off blindly and we forget that we need to walk with him to have the discernment about what needs to happen as we are going the way that he wants us to go so how does he finally see what's going on. And what happens that he finally gets a clue of what's going on? Well, look in verse 31. Verse 31 says, The Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. That's really the answer isn't it other than god opening our eyes to be able to see it's just not going to happen and when we become so self-centered and so so self-focused and we're not seeking god and we're not looking that just makes when that happens it makes that so much of a miracle for god to say you're stubborn and you're ignorant and you're not paying attention to what's going on i'm i'm going to open your eyes anyway because because i love you and i want you to see what's going on and I think that's kind of what, what happened with him. Um, and, and the cool thing about, about this is it says that he opened his eyes and then he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road. Now, this is interesting to me. He opened his eyes. Balaam did not see some new vision of God. He did not, God did not have to add something else into the picture for him to be able to see. It says he opened his eyes and basically... He saw what was already there. He saw what had been there the whole time. He saw what the donkey had been seeing three beatings ago, right? So it wasn't like it was some big new picture. It wasn't like it was something that God had to do something else. It was there all the time. And God opened his eyes and he was able to see what was going on. That's discernment. He was able to see, hey, I've got this direction. God's wanting me to go down this road. I'm, I'm on the way. Here I go. Why does this donkey keep veering off and doing all these crazy things? And then he sees the angel of the Lord, and it's like, oh, gosh, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's why. That is discernment. That's, he had his eyes open. Now he could see what was going on. Now he's tuned in to what God wants in his life. 
even uh, in verse 34, he confesses his sin. When, when his eyes are open, in verse 34, Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I'll go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you to. Remember that from earlier? Same thing he repeated to him. Speak only what I tell you to. So Balaam went with the princes of Balaam. So I think there is uh, not necessarily a pattern, but this is, this is, I think, the way that God deals with us is that we have to be, our eyes have to be opened to our sin and to the, our way that's wrong. And we have to confess that we have sinned and that that way is wrong, and then be tuned in to what God wants for us. Now, this is great. I love this because after he confesses his sin, then he tunes in, okay? So not only does he have direction, but now he's got discernment. And then he says, in a discerning way, basically, okay, now that I'm tuned in, what do you want me to do? Am am I still going the right direction? Do you want me to turn back? I mean, what, what do you want? questions you would think that he would have been asking along the way as he traveled but now he's got discernment and he says to the angel what do you want me to do you want me to turn back and this is neat and the angel says no keep going your direction is still the same but now that you've got discernment of knowing why i want you there remember only say what god wants you to say Don't get caught up in yourself and think you're going to go in and make this big presentation and wow everybody. Don't think that it all depends on you. Don't think that people are going to think that you're great when this is over. You're going the right way. But you need to remember, I'm the one doing the talking. And you say only what what I want you to say. Now, that's awesome. Now, God could have chosen to do whatever he wanted to do. He could have said, turn back, you're an idiot, you should have listened to me the first time. He could have done all kinds of stuff. But here's the thing that discernment helps with. God had a plan in all of this. And Balak thought that he was going to get the people of Israel to be cursed because they were getting so numerous he wasn't going to deal with them. He wanted them to be cursed so he could handle them. God's plan was to use the very person that Balak was paying to curse. God was going to use Balak's money and resources for Balaam to bless Israel. Just the complete opposite. So when Balak thought he was in charge, God says, hey, I've got a plan here. We're going to show him who's in charge, all right? You just happen to be one of the people in the picture, and I'm going to use you this time. So if you would just tune in to what's going on, I'd appreciate it. So his direction is right. And now he's got the direction combined with the discernment, and he's on the same page with what God wants to happen. Okay, and you may write this down. Just a little statement to remember. Following God is not just getting a general direction and then taking off blindly. Okay, God, I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we mess up and it's like, oh, God, what was it you were saying? What was it that you wanted? Oh, I I don't remember. Can you repeat that? It's, it's, It's more than just saying, I want God's direction and then just taking off. You ever done that with your kids? Maybe spouses, you've done that with your spouse. You, you send somebody to get something in the house. Honey, where's that? Uh, where, where's that washcloth? Well, now, 
It's in the it's in the cabinet. Okay, yeah, the cabinet in the bathroom. Yeah, it's in that cabinet. If you'll go in there, and, okay, I got it. Yeah, I got it in that cabinet. Now I got it. And you go over there. You're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong cabinet. And then you holler. Where'd you say that was? You're in the wrong room. <laughs> You're in the wrong cabinet. If you would just listen, you know, kids are bad about that. They they ask us something. We get started talking, and they're yeah 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 us all the way as they walk away and they don't really hear what's being said and two seconds later they're saying now where what now what now what so just getting that direction from god and understanding what's going on with him following god is more than just saying god what's that direction you want for me oh yeah 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 got it got it uh, yeah okay okay i'm i'm good we're gonna we're gonna take off and go that direction and i think um uh, you know, what if things change along the way? Can, can God change his mind? He can if he wants to. He's God, right? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I mean, if, if you say, oh, I am so clear. I am so clear about the direction that God has for me. And off I go. What if God, what if you're not so clear? And God changes his mind along the way. Or he doesn't change his mind, but you just kind of misinterpreted the direction you thought he wanted to go. And he needs to guide you. And he needs to, to change the path you're on. You may be going in the right direction, but maybe you're on the, right, on the wrong path. What if God wants to do that? If we just get the general direction and take off blindly, we miss the discernment in the whole direction thing. And so we just think we've got it, but we're, just, we're, we're, we're on a disaster, a road to disaster. And I think that's kind of the, the way that we often function. Here's something else to think about. It's easier to get a direction than it is to live with discernment. <laughs> it's so much easier to get a direction than it is to live with discernment. It's so much easier for me, especially if there's a need or whatever and I need some direction. It's so much easier for me just to pray and say, God, help me, give me some direction and God give me that direction, than it is for me to walk with Him along the way. It's so much easier for me to come to church on Sunday and sing a song and read a scripture and put on the face and smile than it is for me to live that out during the week and worship God on my own and read His Word and be with Him and develop my relationship with him apart from that one time when I sit here in these seats on Sunday morning. It's so much easier to sit here than it is to walk with him. So much easier. And we just, I think, uh, we, just, we just think that, that that's what it is. Let me get the answer. We're, we're, we're wired that way. Our, our culture is wired that way. You know, we want to cut to the chase. God give me the answer. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever prayed, Oh God, what is your will for my life? Oh, I just wished I knew God's will for my life. I just want to know. Tell me, God, you know, tell me the whole thing. What is it going to be? What kind of job do you want me to have? Who do you want me to marry? How many kids are you going to have? What's life going to look like? What is your big will for my life? And we pray. Cut to the chase, God. I don't want to hear all the little relationship stuff along the way that helps me to be able to figure that out and have discernment and make sense of that. Just cut to the chase. I just want to know it. Just tell me the whole nine yards. We kind of get that way sometimes, don't we? Listen, I want to tell you. I know what God's will is for your life. I'm going to tell it to you right now. You can write it down if you want to. 
God wants you to surrender your life to Him and have a relationship with Him from now until eternity. That's God's will for your life. Oh, you didn't, what about, you didn't give me the specifics. What about, uh, you know, what a, the specifics come as we walk with Him. That's the direction. The specifics come through discernment. And discernment comes as we spend our life with Him day in, day out, seeking Him, reading His Word, having that discernment of what is more than just the obvious. The obvious, what is your will for me? That's such a vague question when we ask it the way that we want the answer for. But God's will for you is to surrender your life to Him and walk with Him day in and day out for eternity. That's it. And you say, well, that's not very exciting. Well, you, you don't read what I read. If you don't think that's exciting. Well, that's not very difficult. You don't read what I read if you think that's not difficult. That's what God wants. And we get so caught up in the little, if you'll just tell me the little details. And God is like, if you would get a hold of the big picture, I'll, you'll, you'll know the details. We want to do it backwards. If I can do all the little details, then that will prove that I'm with God. And, and we just get it backwards. But God wants to have this relationship with me. So it's just so much easier for us to say, give me the direction, and then we just want to take off blindly. But direction can be obtained through one visit with God. The sermon only happens as we walk with God, eyes opened, and sin confessed. See, I can, I can have a meeting, a one-time meeting with God, a prayer meeting, and it's very possible that God would give me a direction as an answer to my prayer. That meeting is not beyond reason. Just like, Balaam did. I'm, hey, y'all stay here. Y'all spend the night. I'm going to go talk to God. I'll get back with you in the morning. It's a one-visit thing. He went and talked to God. God says, you know, here's the, here's the answer. It's possible to get direction through a one-time one visit. But if you want discernment, it's going to take a day-in, day-out walking with God. Eyes opened and sin confessed. That's when we know what God wants for us. So I want to challenge you this morning. I want to... I challenge you if you're here this morning and you know that you're not a believer you've never given your life to christ and maybe that hasn't made sense to you and and you you haven't done that you're not a christian whatever language that you want to use you're not a follower of christ you're not a believer you've not given your life to him and i want to talk to you specifically this morning if you haven't heard already and this is what i want to say to you just like god showed balaam grace by not killing him God has shown you grace by allowing Jesus to die for your sins so that you don't have to. You're in the wrong. It's sin. You've not trusted your life. What you can do on your own, the life that you have as a regular, normal human being is not enough to pay the price that needs to be paid so that you don't have to die. Jesus is the one who paid that price for you. That is amazing grace that God loved us enough to do that. And, and just like, just like this, this story where here's this angel who is prepared to take him out. God used a donkey to spare his life so that his eyes could be opened.
and and really with with not much pun intended i want to i want to say to you you probably have some donkeys in your life and they've been talking to you about jesus and they've been trying to get you to open your eyes and they've been concerned and they've been telling you about heaven and they've been telling you about hell and you feel like they just stay on you all the time and you're aggravated with them and you're so aggravated with them if you had a sword in your hand you would kill them maybe god's sending some donkeys along your path to, so that your eyes will be opened you need to confess your sin your selfishness you're thinking you can do it on your own you're attitude of i don't need anybody but me you need to confess that sin and turn to god and pray that he'll just open your eyes now i'm not mad at you and i'm not you know i'm just saying just it's time it's time for you to get your eyes open pray that god will just open you are on a road to disaster there's no other way about it and the only way that that can be changed is for you to give your life to christ confess your sin to him and then for those of us who believe i will challenge us with this maybe maybe right now you've got some you've got a direction maybe you've been through some turmoil or you've been you've you've been somewhere where you've needed to get some direction and and god has given you that direction and you have taken off so fast you left god behind in the dust (laughs) And you are traveling blindly without discernment. And I would challenge you to stop. Ask God for your eyes to be opened. Confess your selfishness and your sin. And ask God to give you discernment. God, is this still the direction you want me to go? Am I going the right direction? Am I on the wrong path? God, what is it that you have for me right now? I know back a year ago... You said you wanted me to do this, so I've just taken off blindly, and I've just left you behind. God, I haven't asked your opinion. I haven't sought your direction. I feel like I just I can handle this on my own. And I can tell you that direction without discernment leads to a road of disaster for you. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean a disaster as far as our salvation is concerned, but it's a disaster in traveling and being the person that God wants us to be as we walk with him. You're going to miss the boat. Maybe God sent some donkeys your way too. And you just got mad at them because you think they're just being nosy and they've gotten in your business and they're judging your, your sin and they're judging your attitude and, and people shouldn't do that. And instead of you looking at them as, as an enemy, maybe you should view them as somebody that God's sending your way to open your eyes. Because God wants us to walk with Him. So I challenge you to do that. If you would, just close your eyes. I'm gonna, I want to pray with us. And I, I would like to, for those of you that I mentioned earlier, you're not a believer. And I can't force you to do that in any way, and I would never want to or even think to try to. But I do want you to make sure you understand the seriousness of the road that you are on. Apart from Christ, it is a disaster. The good news is, is that that can change right now. And if you would just pray, God... Forgive me of my sin, of my selfishness, of, of all the things that I do that, that have just gone against you. Right now, I confess that to you, that you might forgive me and that you might help me to surrender my life to you, turn from my ways and turn to you. 
God, that's my prayer today. I want you in my life. There are no magic words. Those are not the exact words that have to be used. But I want to challenge you if in any way you've prayed that, you've meant that in your heart today. I'm going to be down front after we uh, sing this morning when this is over. And I want you to come and tell me. Don't leave this place without letting me know that you've made that decision. And then for those of us who are believers, I'm going to give just a second, a, a few seconds of silence just between you and him. What, what, is the, what is the direction that you've been seeking and are you on that road without discernment? Just, just stop it right now, back up, and just, just let God know that you want to walk with Him so that you're sure you're to go in the direction and on the path that you need to be on. God, I thank you for all of your word and these amazing stories that we've been able to see. Some of them so unusual, but they just hit home with us that we are people. And the people in the Old Testament and way back all those years ago are just people and we act the same way. We do the same things. We are so consistent. Lord, I just thank you for giving us hope through looking at these stories that we have this month and this story this morning of being able just to see your grace delivered. And such a crazy story of all things to have a donkey be able to talk to somebody. That just doesn't make sense to us. God, you created this universe. You created this world by speaking it into existence. There's nothing that's impossible for you. And so I pray, Lord, as, as we seek your direction, thank you that you're willing to give that. But, Lord, I pray that you don't let us head out without your discernment. So as we leave today, encourage us. Help us to find joy in our relationship with you. Help us to, to find comfort in knowing that you're a God who is serious about a relationship with us. And that you want us to be with you. And that you want what's best for us. You're not really trying to hide it from us, Lord. You want us to know. So I pray that you help us to focus in on that. That we have the direction in our life and that we live it with discernment. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.